0: Was the, the title of the, of the topic I got uh, when studying the the character character of Christ uh, or anyone for that matter uh, probably the best way to learn about someone's character is uh, is to learn first-hand accounts from people who were around that person uh, for example if you want to learn about my character you might talk to Casey or or uh, Stan and Tammy uh, Tammy spends about as much time as me as with me as Casey does so uh, they would both be good good people to ask about. Uh, another way you could learn is uh, through if you ran into some of my old friends or, or current friends or any customers that come through. Uh, they're going to give you probably the the best account of of my character, and uh, the the same could be said about Jesus. Uh, we we've been uh, provided with four books: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, we we'll call the Gospels of Christ, and they are the uh, the first hand accounts. Uh, they they were there with him, and uh, and each of these tell of the life of Christ, but they uh, and they are in complete harmony with each other. But they do tell different perspectives or different point of views. Uh, and the same could be said about the example I just used of myself. Uh, Casey's point of view is going to be completely different than than Tammy's point of view of myself, and an old friend that I used to know is going to be completely different as well. But uh, each person will have Similarities that they had seen in me, or it's in our example uh, of Christ. So that would be, in my opinion, the best way to learn about, about someone's character. Uh, and I'll admit it, it took me a little while to to get to get this concept and to and to completely appreciate the Gospels. When I was younger, I just thought, well, they're they're just saying the same things in all four books. Uh, and I just I would just most of the time just read Matthew since it was the first one and thought well that's good enough, but uh, it wasn't until I was at uh, c of o and uh, worked a summer in the dorm and our supervisor uh, every morning when he'd give us our assignments would uh, play the Bible on c d and he'd play a few chapters of each of the gospels and hearing those uh, in order like that uh, that's when it really kind of sunk in for me on on how important each one is and uh, and the different perspectives that each each person makes of Christ, uh, but what's important is not so much uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as, as you know their names of the books and names of the people. But you know that's not as important, and their point of views aren't as important as what they're talking about. Uh, of course, they they pale in comparison to the importance of their subject, which is which is Christ and uh, and what he did, and what he, what he said. Uh, So tonight, like I said, we'll be studying the the character of of Christ. And I I also don't mean really the the dramatized sense of the word character, uh, but rather how he behaved and and how he lived daily. Uh, If you were to define character, you might say the the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Uh, It's also said that uh, good character is is doing the right thing even when uh, no one is looking and and that's of course true because that would show the the genuineness of of that individual because if somebody's not looking and they're doing what's right then that's how you know what's inside that person. Uh, They're not doing it to to be a show, they're not doing it to please men, but rather uh, what's in here. Uh, You might also say it's uh, submitting to do what's What's right or what's true, that would also, I think, be a sign of good character. Uh, anybody else have any examples of, of character or what, how you might define character? Go ahead, know, It,
1: it read, like you said, raw characters, but when you read it, you'll have people who look at it in a different way if you'd like to choose. Well, what did they think? So they call it, the they call it, you know, all these different names. And that was their view, and we've got to figure out if it was true or false. You know, you yeah, have people give you views about an individual. About, and you might have a person that doesn't like that individual. And they'll say something about him in a negative sense. Versus this person who likes him going to be in a positive sense. So, you know, the Lord says, "Well with you and all men speak well
0: of you? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, and if you want all men to speak well of you, it uh, it starts with your behavior and what you do. And, uh, and that boils down to your character. My thoughts, but... Uh, but uh, when you when you are talking to the world and you and you mention the word character, you know they might also think about the dramatized sense of it, uh, theatrical character, uh, what you see in a movie or children's novel uh, or even a, a other fiction book. But uh, each of these these things, movies, books, they all take a, a great length of time to describe the character. Uh, and what I mean by that is their their physical what they look like. They're trying to paint a picture. And, uh, and that's not really the case with, uh, with Jesus. They, they spend a lot more time talking about just what he did. Uh, and that's the character that we're, that we're after. We're not talking about, for example, the big bad wolf. They go through great lengths to talk about the bushy tail, the, the, uh, the sharp fangs, the, even some say like, talking about the slobber as he's looking at his prey. But uh, that's that's just simply not the case. They just talk about about what he did. And that was so much more important than what he looked like or how he dressed or anything like that. Uh, So you might say, well, what is the the purpose in that? So if you would uh, turn to John chapter 20 and uh, verse 30. We will also read uh, verse 31 as well. And this is where, uh, just after Thomas puts his puts his hand in the side of Jesus and believes upon him, and uh, I believe John lays it out pretty well here on why uh, they took so much time explaining what, what Jesus did and, and why he did it, he says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. And there's another example of John's point of view, He uh, he's saying right here that, that while he is writing about Jesus, he didn't put everything in here that he saw or everything that you might see in Matthew. And that's, that's your evidence right there of, of that. Uh, but 31, here's what we're looking for. Uh, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you have life in his name. So what he's saying there is that he wants us to see and hear what Jesus did. Well, the, re- the reason for that is so that we may believe and follow Christ uh, so that we may be saved. So that's the reason why they, they're they not trying to, to build this character up so that we look at him as a, a towering giant or anything like that. We just talk about what he did and uh, what he's here for, his purpose. Yes. Thank you. absolutely and the only way that we can yeah and, and since we weren't there to to see jesus character firsthand this is this is what we have. we've got his uh, the accounts of, of people who were there and we have the, the god-inspired word that god breathed for us to to study and to learn and uh, like you mentioned he did it all the way to the cross and that's where we'll get into but uh it never it never stops You don't just uh, have character at one point in your life and you're good. You have to build on it every second of every day. And, uh, yeah, and the idea is you recognize those times in your life that you might slip, and you and you build from those, and you don't repeat them, and, and then your character just keeps going up. But uh, when you do boil down the, the aspects of what made up his character, or how we even know about his character, uh, kind of what Vic was saying, you you have to know uh, what he did, what he said, and what, what other people said about him, whether good or bad, and... Uh, we're talking about his good character. Of course, we're not talking about the the false accusations, which there were plenty of. Uh, but we're talking about the truth, and, uh, and we have to know, figure out how, or figure out what is the truth and what is what is false. Uh, it's it's pretty plain in here, but it is our responsibility to to figure it out, nonetheless. Uh, so we have the. Uh, a couple ways of getting his testimony, of, or getting the testimony of others and himself on uh, on his his perfection, at least. So let's talk just to, just briefly about his perfection. Uh, John eight forty six, uh, he says, "Which of you can convic- which of you convicts me of sin?" Uh, this is when he's being accused of of being a demon, and uh, and that's all he, he will say to him. There is that is he's letting them know. That he is is not a demon, and uh, and letting them know that they are actually the ones in sin, and that he's he never really thought of himself as being lost. Uh, he thought of himself as the one who came to to seek and save the lost. That was his job. That was what he, he came to do. Uh, you find that in Luke nineteen ten. I'm going to write that down. Uh, another way that we talked about is his... His other the thoughts of others, the words of others uh, we'll talk first of his friends before we get to his enemies, but those that loved him uh, they testified that he was perfect. Peter said, "Thou art the son of the living God matthew tw- uh, twenty seven six if you're taking notes and uh, Matthew also testified in two different places uh, matthew three seventeen and again in seventeen five that uh, God spoke from heaven saying. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So, to me, those are evidence of evidences of other people admitting that, that Christ was perfect. But, like Vic said, there's uh, others that will say say other things about him. So, we could look at other testimonies of uh, of those who didn't think so highly of Christ, uh, and that is important to consider. Uh, my college roommate is a uh, Springfield Police Department officer. He's on the SWAT team now, uh, and Springfield PD actually has one of the one of the toughest and most in-depth hiring processes of any in the country, which is kind of crazy to think about because we're just in the middle of the United States. And like I think Vic's mentioned, we're the flyover states. Is that right? Yeah. But uh, but they do, and they they hire the FBI to do their background checks. And one of the things. Right? <laughs> but uh, they, they do this thing, and they, they ask each applicant to put down, I think it's uh, number six, six references, uh, friends, old friends, coworkers. And, of course, I got put down since I was a roommate. But when they call you, they want to know the good, the bad, anything in between about him. And then at the end of the phone call, they want to know the names of three more people that you know that he knows what they're trying to do is they're trying to get somebody else to give them a name that, that my, well, for instance, my friend Dorian did not put down thinking that maybe he's just putting down all the people who are going to say good about him, which anybody uh, which would do. So uh, you give him three more names, and uh, a lot of times they even request, is there anybody you know of that may not be in favor of, of this applicant? And that's what they're trying to do, is just get the whole, st- whole story of the applicant. So it, it is important to to consider those enemies, even if even if we're kind of biased on that, we really don't want to hear about them. But uh, his enemies, even though they they slandered, accused, and eventually convicted him falsely, uh, though he was able to correct some of them with love and patience, the saddest testimony, I think, in my opinion, would be that of Pilate, whom after the examination of of Christ. Uh, he turned and uh, tried to spare Jesus and, and even said that he washed his hands and said, I am innocent of the blood of this just man. So right there he says he's a, he's the ju- he's a just man and without blemish. So uh, that's, that's pretty powerful, in my opinion, on, uh, on having somebody who would not be a, a follower of Christ admitting that, uh, that he was, was perfect. go back so we know that uh, that he was without blemish we've, we've gone through that and uh, we know he was the most perfect man to walk the earth uh, acts, acts 1038 says he went about doing good and uh, in my opinion that's called uh, in, char- in character you call that maybe being proactive. He didn't just wait and look for uh, things to react to or things to happen that he could respond to, even though he did at times respond to things, but he, he was proactive in, in doing good. Uh, and that's how we we really need to be as well. Uh, we talked a little bit last week, he's not here tonight, but uh, in Carr's class, we mentioned, uh, are you good at being good? Or are you just good at not being bad? And I think that kind of goes along with with this is that uh, he's good at being good and that's that's the kind of character we need to have if you're just good at being not being bad then that's not you're just a rule follower you don't really have character but if you're good at being good then that's that's true character Uh, so that could be also be used maybe as a way to define it any comments at at all at this point on that? Uh, one example of the the true character of Christ Talked about all the testimonies, but we want to see some action, of course. So, if you'll turn with me to John chapter 4. Here I talked about Matthew, and we're going to spend most of our time in John, apparently. So, John chapter 4, verse 1 through 10, we'll read. Uh, we're all pretty familiar with this story. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. So he does something here that's uh, completely outside of, of what they would expect a Jew to do in this, this situation, in this time period. Uh, and it goes on to say that, that even his, his disciples marveled at it. And uh, I, that's, that means a lot to me because they're watching the Son of God here and seeing all the things that he can do. And just the fact that he spoke to a woman, they marveled at it. So that tells me how big of a deal it was that he he stepped across this line and talked to the Samaritan woman and and went on to you know tell her that she would ask him for a drink he would have given her the, the drink of living water so uh, even though or even so yeah right there is to me also example of that uh, even the disciples were building character because they They couldn't see past these lines that Jesus could see past. And by him doing that, then then that allowed them as well.
1: Gracias. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. what he understood and what I believe anybody who maybe harbors racist feelings, uh, he understood that all humanity was made in the, Im- in the image of God. Uh, and I think if, if folks would remember that as well, it'd be, I think it makes it more difficult to be racist or prejudiced or have preference. You might say, uh, "So what?" He, he talked to her. Well, what's what's the what's great about that? What's the big deal? So if you skip down to uh, chapter or verse thirty-nine, same chapter, we can see what uh, the fruits of this conversation were. Verse thirty-nine. Many Samaritans from that town. From that town, believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. So because of that simple conversation, with he was able to save many Samaritans from that city. Uh, So you might ask yourself, you know, what if I stepped out of my, my comfort zone, my box? i definitely got a box that I like to stay in. And uh, it's hard to get out of it, uh, to talk to to someone you wouldn't normally talk to. But you could see here in this sto- in this situation, and, and, and many others, I'm sure they've testified to this as well, but uh, you know, what could happen? Well, you could make a friend. What happens with that friend? You, you get a Bible study from and, uh and potentially save a lost soul. And usually when you save one, lost soul that person tells just like this Samaritan woman she told and uh, told others and they came and he, before he knew it he had saved many in the city so you think about that in your own lives and uh, not talking about your lives but my life as well it's, uh, it's a pretty important thing to, just to visit with people and talk to them you ever know what kind of doors you might open and, uh, and he did it just through water just getting a drink so and that's another uh, example of uh, the character of Christ being attainable for us uh, as his followers. We, uh, we know perfection, the way he lived perfectly, uh, we know it's, it's unattainable. But the character of Christ, being Christ-like, is 100% attainable for us if, if we do, if we try. Uh, it, it, it's no doubt in my mind. But we can possess the character that we learn about here of uh, of Jesus. But uh, so, how do we do that? uh, We're not born with it. We've got to learn it just like anything else. So, uh, we have to to build character, as they say.
1: Uh,
0: Yeah. Weren't you born with that
1: town? Oh, yeah. Did you just go right in there and cut me and do exactly what you're
0: doing? Yeah, I did. (laughs) No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I, I I had nothing else to do.
1: And you practiced it and you kept at it. And you're a meat cutter today. Today, yep. Same thing. Yep. Yeah, that's what you're asking about. How do we develop that? These things, these traits, you know, these attributes. Care. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Absolutely. Uh, there's a man in here tonight that uh, I won't mention his name, but he is the only one in here who is my father-in-law. So... <laughs> He, uh, he has a saying that he says often, and uh, he says it if somebody has a minor setback or something doesn't go quite the way they wanted it to. He says, man, you're just building character. You're just building character all over the place. And, uh, and he's exactly right. And it's those things that, uh, that we do that, that help shape our character, and we hope it's for the good, of course. Uh, you know, James says... In chapter 1, he says, Count it all joy when you fall into trials, because uh, the trying of your faith produces patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be complete and whole, lacking nothing. And uh, that's just, the, I guess, the, the biblical evidence of, of what Stan likes to say. But, uh, and uh, I might regret this, because he might say it more. But <laughs> he doesn't have to say it just when things are going bad. Things can be going good. And he could say it as well. You can build character from from doing good as well. Uh, it doesn't always have to be trials. It doesn't always have to be uh, different stumbling blocks that may come come up in your life. You can uh, help someone out to the car and uh, and learn from that. Go ahead. Absolutely. he didn't uh, it he you could tell that uh, you can see the character in him, in that story especially too because he's, he's he's just playing in the sand drawing in the sand and, uh, and he doesn't he doesn't get upset with them he doesn't start yelling at them. he doesn't uh, turn them into ash as he could he uh, like you said he just simply says you're uh, if you're without sin, uh, cast the first stone. Little by little, they start leaving, and uh, and she's saved. So that's a that's a good example. Thank you, Rick. But so so we know that you do have to build it. So where does it where do you start at? Because we know we you're not born with it. Uh, it starts inside, inside of you. you. Have to prepare your heart and your mind before you can take action. Uh, when you tune your radio. You have to uh, dial it in till you get all the static and the fuzz out of there, and you have it. You try to get it as crystal clear as you can, and that's kind of what you got to do. You got to tune your, your radio inside of you to to get it to play crystal clear, uh, good characters. So you so that you may have uh, that good sound coming out of your out of your speakers, if you will. So uh, that's where it starts at. If you'll turn with me to uh, Matthew 12. In verse thirty-three. He says, uh, "Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit." And that—I uh, mean—that doesn't get much better. Of an example to, to teach us that uh, everybody's got a garden right now, or a lot of people do, and uh, for about two two and a half months, you know, we've been watering, feeding, nurturing those tomato plants as best we can, uh, pruning them, tying them up, keeping them off the ground, just waiting for that red tomato to come, you know, and uh, and that's that's kind of the same. That's what it, it's getting at here is we're trying to make that plant as good as it can be. So that it can produce tomatoes for us, you know, as much as it possibly can, and good tomatoes. If we let that plant fall on the ground, it starts to rot. If we uh, if we don't water it, it dries up. So it's all about the plant, and we are the, the plant in this, this in this analogy here. So it's all about that before we can ever harvest good fruit from it, and uh, you know, the good fruit would be what we do, what we say, how we. Are perceived by the world around us. So, uh, another thing, along with along that lines, is you have a tomato that has a rotten spot in it. You don't leave it next to the good tomato you just picked. Rottenness is contagious, and uh, and you'll spoil the whole batch. So, another thing we have to do is surround ourselves with other people of good character, so that we may stay as preserved as we can. Uh, Along with that, uh, what is it? I don't think I have it here. First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. Bad company corrects good morals or good character. Uh, that would be a biblical example of that. Um, if you if you have a have a jar that you pull out of the out of the pantry and uh, you don't hear that when you first open it, that pop, that seal, it's not sealed. And so when you open it up, it's rotten in there because it wasn't preserved. It wasn't preserved correctly. So that's, uh, that's what we need to do as well preserve our character. And we do that by surrounding ourselves with, with like minds and, and, uh, and faith. And we study the Bible and, uh, and keep ourselves right. But as followers of Christ, we, we, uh, we must be attentive to his voice. And if you'll turn with me to uh, John chapter 10. We're starting verse 1 there. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door, or by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So we have to be the attentive sheep to to hear his voice. Uh, and that way we can we can follow the shepherd. Uh, we'll go ahead and finish this out. Uh, we'll skip down to verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep... Did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, uh, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out of in and out to find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life, and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand, and not a shepherd For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So that is, it. I mean, that is it. That's the, that's the Christ that we serve. Uh, and really, I mean, how, how, blessed are we that we, we have that good shepherd. We have that Christ that, uh, that will lay down His life. Uh, he's a, he knows, knows his sheep by name, it says, and, uh, and he, wanted to, he wants to build to the flock to make it stronger. Of course, uh, he lays his life down for the flock, it says, and it's, it's basically the whole thing is he's putting the flock before himself, and that would be another attribute to, to the character of Jesus and uh, to the character that we should have for ourselves as well, is, uh, is putting others as ahead, of, ahead of ourselves. I heard a story of a of a young man who he had he gave thirty dollars to a a friend of his or, or an acquaintance that, that needed it financially. Uh, lunchtime came around, and uh, he realized that wait a minute I, I don't have enough money for lunch. And so this raises a couple questions. You know, what 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 am I thinking here? I've given given all that I had for today, and now I've, now I'm without. what did that person do to deserve it? You know, here I am hungry now I've worked all morning and uh, why am I thinking higher of, myself, or higher of him than I am of myself knowing that that person didn't work for him and that he did uh, and that is when that person had that kind of that moment of I get it that's, uh, that's displaying the character of Christ he knew that uh, that Jesus did for us what we have we have done nothing to deserve it. And he will continue to give that. Uh, and that's, that's the kind of thinking that, that we should all possess. Uh, it's harder at times, of course, but, uh, but we should all be striving towards that. Any comments so far on that? So it's, all, it's really all about what our abilities are and what other people's needs are and trying to meet those two together Uh, Jesus' ability was he was able he's the only way that uh, that we can have salvation we needed that that was our need and he was and we needed a perfect sacrifice and he was the only one with the ability to be the perfect sacrifice so that that's what we we should strive for Uh, we discussed a little bit about Jesus' character and, and how to build good character but uh since we do have a little bit of time, we can also discuss uh, things that can hinder our character. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on that? On what what might bring somebody's character back down, rather than build it up?
2: You just said it, wrong companions. Yeah. draw them, invite them to come to service, to teach them, to get their bug, and you realize it's not going that way. But you also realize that in certain ways you have kind of bonded, but yet yeah, there comes a time if that if that person, if you're not influencing that person for good, whether you realize it or not, they're influencing you for, for bad. Absolutely. It's, it's
0: Absolutely. And compromising uh, uh, what you should be doing and how you're spending your time, and go, that, that's very dangerous. Very Absolutely. Dangerous. What you're saying there, uh, I love this analogy. I heard it once. Uh, you could take a, a strong man like this, like Race here sitting here, and uh, you could put him up, set him up on this podium, and then set one of my little girls here beside him, have them hold hands, and see which one can pull the other one. Uh, more times out of 10, he, nine times out of 10, he's going to get pulled off of this podium. Because it's much easier for someone of less to be able to pull them out, pull them down, than it is to pull somebody up. I'm not saying you're weak.
2: <laughs>
1: but he's got tough girls. Yeah, but I, I do. I do have tough girls.
0: Tutus <laughs> and, and, and muck boots. That's a character deal, too, though, Bill, Bill. When you have a person that
1: pulls people down all the time, it's because that person's trying to lift themselves up. Yeah. You understand? So, what you have is, it, it, and that's a reflection upon that character. And so, you know, it, it's a telltale sign. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. There's also a-
0: What your be. yeah and that kind of goes back to that uh, that example with the uh, with the plant yeah. uh, when feed, feeding the tree it's what you feed that tree uh, we see it all the time at the plant we have uh, beef that come in that are you know we, we enjoy cutting them up because <laughs> they're because they're nice beef you know something that would grade grade pretty high on quality uh, those guys they they took the time and they fed it a good mixture for a certain amount of time and they locked it up and then you have the grass fed. And uh, I'm not saying the grass fed's terrible or anything, but they just don't take the time to feed it what it needs to grade. It's not that they make the meat bad, but it's just not fed to uh, to marble, which is what you're after. But uh, it's that you're still feeding it. You're still feeding that beef either way. But you feed it so good this, feed. And this, feed your analogy
1: would be God's word, right, Bill? That's what needs to feed the Christians.
0: That would be the good thing.
1: In order for that to produce the marble, as you put it, they must have have God's Word in that person. They must must actually take it in the spiritual food, spiritual Word. That's how a person will produce. That's how God reproduces Christians. He produces them through His Word.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. (coughs) Thank you all very much.